0: Well hey MDE Nation, welcome back to another episode of the MDE Podcast. If you all watch any outdoor TV, you've seen this guy before. You've either seen him running the camera from Mark and Terry Drury or in front of the camera shooting something big. This week, we've got Jared Lurk from Drury Outdoors. Now Jared, we're going to jump right into this thing because I know that you have limited time today. Tell us how you got started in the outdoors and what drives that passion and how you wound up on the Drury Outdoors team.
1: So I'm on what I would consider the nephew pro staff. So my mom is Mark and Terry's oldest sister. So their their dad is my grandpa. So that that's how I ended up there. Okay. But okay, I've got a lot of cousins who are not on Drew Outdoors. You know, so it wasn't like I just ended up there because I'm related to him. Like I I had a passion at an early age to be outdoors. First was turkey hunting, and sec, uh, second was whitetails. and then. When Mark bought his Iowa farm and moved to Iowa, I was in college in Kansas City and it was an hour and 45 minute jaunt up the road. And I was up there every weekend I could. I had a lease in Northern Missouri at the time. uh, So I'd stop by there and I'd go to Iowa and I just spent a lot of time filming Mark from really 99 till about 03. Every free moment I I had, I was filming Mark Drury. And uh, and you can learn a lot uh, by just a five minute conversation with Mark Drury. So I got a lifetime of, introduction by doing all that and i always joke with their new DeerCast app everybody in the world now has access to the same information i've had access to as a front row seat the past uh 21 years with regards to when whitetails move why they move what very vari- weather variables are important and then what food source to hunt when at least in the midwest and i'm glad they put all of that in an app, app form so that you know people could look and say hey i should probably think about going deer hunting thursday or i should probably think about not taking off work on Friday because the weather and the deer movement variables are horrible.
0: Yeah. I've actually used the deer cast app that with a couple of other apps and it's amazing how well it actually works. Uh, Now it's not a guarantee. (laughs) Now it's not a guarantee you're going to go out and see something every time or kill something every time you go out. But but it gives you j- just a little bit more of a uh, a better idea as to when to when things might be ha- happening, when things yeah, there's really like two aren't
1: happening. There's like two there's like two sports and analogies dear, I
0: use uh, for it. A, it's like
1: go ahead having Bill Belichick's Bill Belichick's playbook. You know, love or hate the New England Patriots, one thing you can't argue is Belichick has been really good and at the top of the league for a long, long time, um, and he's one of the best that's ever you know coached and mark and terry are two of the best that have mm-hmm. ever hunted whitetail deer so there's that and then with DeerCast, it's not a it's not a hundred percent predictor but it's another tool in your tool bag a very good one and the analogy i use is it'd be like using an aluminum bat in major league baseball yes. that's what that's the advantage i think DeerCast gives the normal hunter instead of taking instead of taking a wooden bat you get to use an aluminum bat in major league baseball it's 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 that kind of differentiator
0: yeah i i I cannot argue that one bit. I've, I've seen it work, and yep. it is a definitely a good tool to have in your back pocket. <laughs> now, you That's By yes, trade, sir. you're a pharmacist. Is that correct? All right. Now, explain how you got in. Got explain how you got into pharmacy. Like, um, was that somebody you had a, a as you was maybe younger kid? You're like, well, you yeah, know, I, I want to. I've go always in the had pharmacy a, uh, or. or something along those a lines. A curious mind like
1: when I got my tonsils out when I was 10 I asked if I could have my tonsils to do experiments with in the basement I just always had a scientific mind and I loved chemistry and where I, where I grew up kind of like Uncle Terry uh, if you were kind of smart and good at math and science you went to the University of Missouri Rolla and you became an engineer and I just decided I don't think I want to be an engineer so what else can I do and that at that time it was what I called BG before Google um, and Uh, a friend's dad owned the pharmacy in town. And I went and talked to him and did my, you know, due diligence at the age of like 16. And he told me all the things he studied in school and why he studied them and what a pharmacist could do. And I was like, man, I should probably be that. And uh, because I didn't necessarily want to be a physician because I didn't I didn't want to do surgery and do all that training. And the more I found out about pharmacy, the more I fell in love with it. I got to pharmacy school in 1996 to date myself, spent six years there, loved it. But what's funny is I don't actually do quote-unquote pharmacy. I don't work at Walgreens or CVS or own my own pharmacy. I do drug development in the pharmaceutical industry, specifically lung cancer, colorectal cancer, and melanoma. And the cool thing about a pharmacy degree is it's probably the most versatile college degree you can get because you can work retail, you can do hospital, you can work industry, you can do drug development, just a whole host of things. And in my 20 years since pharmacy school, I've done a lot of them. And i kind of found my home here in drug development in the lung colorectal and melanoma cancer space.
0: Nice. Yeah. I knew that you that that you just following you and, and <laughs> doing doing a little background here and there knew that you you know were in the medical field and I knew it was pharmacy and then yes, I sir. found out you did the cancer research and 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 that's really cool. Like I think all of us, you know, all of us in the outdoor industry um that that aren't yes. full-time in it i guess you could say we all have jobs we all do you know different things we all have different trades um i'm not sure terry if mark and terry are still mm-hmm. yep. doing their trade yep. i know i think terry owns a construction company is that correct and i'm i'm i don't know if he works full-time with that or if he's full-time doing the deer hunting thing but but i'm sure you know you doing that cancer development, cancer research, and drug yeah. research? I am sure that you you tie up a lot of time with that, but that's something. That yeah, you're I think you are a, a lot more successful
1: doing. in life if you find and follow your passion. But honestly, the thing I didn't say in my story earlier was uh, my mom kept telling me when I was little, "You better find a job where you make a lot of money because you like nice things." And what she meant by that is, I wanted the newest pattern of Mossy Oak, I wanted the newest bow that came out, I just wanted the top tier technology because I felt like even at the age of 14, 15, and 16, that would help my skill set. And when I was going through pharmacy school, looking at average (coughs) starting salaries, pharmacist was pretty high. Correct. And I thought, well, I'll do that. And then I got to Iowa with Mark Mm -hmm. while I was in pharmacy school. And I was like, man, I got to buy deer hunting ground. And when I got out of pharmacy school, I started buying recreational real estate deer hunting ground and haven't stopped since. My My colleagues and classmates bought cars and houses and I bought 80 acres in Iowa and then I you know, bought more and more and more. And now I've got a good bit down in Missouri for my son, Henry. And uh, I love that the job enables me to also spend a lot of time outdoors and time with my kids and, and then doing things like this. So if you follow your passion, both professionally and then personally, which a lot of people listening to this, their personal thing would be outdoors. Find a job that a, you can make a lot of money and then gives you a little bit of free time and flexibility to spend as much time outdoors as you can
0: yep very true that's a that's 100 true um my my wife is a nurse and i work in cat scan and we're both at uva medical center and um yep uh you know the pay is good it gives us the ability to be off some during the week and we're able to get out in the woods and and that's that's you know it, it does help a little bit. Now I know my wife would, would argue the case and be like, you spend way too much money on what you're doing, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> because You know, I put food on the table and yeah, I'm going a lot, but um, you know, we, we just <laughs> put food on the table for, for the family for the year. Yeah. And, look, and, I don't want to make light important. of the situation
1: and what this country went through with the coronavirus and the lockdown, but we were never short of meat at our house. We were never going to starve. And if it came to that, I have the skill set to go outside. Nah. I've got four kids under the age of 10, and if all of a sudden we got hungry, I could catch dinner, or during turkey season, <laughs> we piled up the turkeys in the states that allowed us to, uh, just in case you didn't know what was going to happen to the food supply. <clears throat> Nobody knew. So it's a good skill set to have.
0: Nope. And it is definitely a good skill set to have. And yep, uh, we grew our own gardens. We knew we were going to be good there. We had plenty of canned stuff in reserve, and... You know, uh, It's it's good to be able to have a skill set where you can take care of your family and Correct. not just rely on, you know, Walmart or, or Harris Teeter or Wegmans you, or some, I, something could along I, those I'm lines.
1: A hold on, hold now, on a second. I wanted to comment on that. You comment a, little a little bit because a lot a lot of, a lot of hunters get yes, a bad rap, or maybe sometimes it's not as in vogue with society. But the thing I always say to that is, in the last 100 years, or excuse me, in the last yeah, the last 100 years our genetic makeup has changed like 0.03%. We're the same person we were a hundred years ago or even 200 years ago, but our diet has changed 70%. We're genetically designed to live in a Mm -hmm. world we no longer live in. We're designed to hunt and fish and gather groceries that the earth grows. That's what we're designed to do. And it's in our DNA to hunt and provide for the family. It's just, it's in there. It has been since, you know, the caveman stood up if you will and it's just in our dna it's why we're so passionate about being outside
0: yeah that is that is very true and i've never heard it heard it put quite that way but you are 100 percent right now you yes. fish a little bit um what is your what is your go-to go-to fishing lure like if you're going out fishing, what what well, you go funny. to fishing? So, Lord? I don't,
1: I didn't fish a lot, a little, but not, my son Henry, he likes to hunt, but he loves to fish. And let me rephrase that. He does not like to fish, he likes to catch fish. Okay. And there's a difference, right? It's kind of like, I don't, I don't, I don't really okay. like to hunt, to be honest with you. There's a big difference. But I, like yes. to shoot, I love to shoot deer, and there's a difference. So, to answer your question, we're going through a lot of different things and the favorite lure depends on what you're fishing for what the conditions are but the all-around best thing that i found at least here in missouri is a uh plastic crawfish like not a lizard not a worm just a brown crawfish on a bent hook jig with a bullet weight on it and no matter the conditions time and again that thing has proven to be very powerful Now, no. is there any certain brand like you know,
0: Zoom, Z-Man? What are you using? Uh, buttons?
1: I don't, I don't even remember the brand. I just, it's hard to find some of the stuff right now because,
0: yeah, right, just it, it catches fish. It's hard, like oh, it
1: is it's horrible. Yeah, it, there's just <laughs> the, the like factories God, were shut down you. and they never caught up with supply. And whether you're at Walmart or Bass Pro or Cabela's, all the fishing supplies look the same, which is there's not much there. So whatever brand is still on the shelf, because a, I think manufacturing was shut down, and then b. People needed to spend their time doing something, and they, they went outdoors and started fishing, which you can talk really negatively all you want about the lockdown. But I think the positive was families got closer, and people rediscovered the outdoors because the outdoors were not closed.
0: That is an absolute 100% yep. true fact. That's for sure. And I know this this year, I did more fishing yep. this year than I've done in yep. Of the past 10 years, um, I got out and went fishing, um, fished, some, fished a few tournaments, local tournaments, and I mean, I had an absolute yep. blast. I, I
1: think you're not the anomaly. I think a lot of people, whether so, they're expert level or not, rediscovered again fishing in the outdoors. If I'm not mistaken, I think Missouri sold more turkey tags than they ever have in the history of selling tags. And, and I, while the turkey population of Missouri is down, I was delighted to hear that. Because again, that meant people went outside and enjoyed the outdoors. There's something soulful about being outside and watching the world wake up. Yeah, in my opinion, keeps you grounded.
0: That, that is absolutely true. Yeah. Now let's yeah. let's switch gears here real quick. Um, the the Matthews. Uh-oh. Change the change from PSE to well, Oh sure. <laughs> you knew I was going to do it. The change from PSE to Matthews. Yes. That was a big that that big made ones. some waves. Yeah. <clears throat> um a lot of, a lot of folks have their, you know, speculation on <clears throat> excuse me. on why the change was made. Um and yep. we heard on the jury podcast why the change was made. You know, marketing was going a different direction and what and and such. <clears throat> and how? What do you? How do you feel about the change? Um, I've I haven't shot I, the first one of the first compounds I ever bought was a PSE. That mm-hmm. was in like '99. Shot fine. It was a PSE Nova. Shot good. Never shot a Matthews. Um, I went from PSE to Parker, and now I'm now we are mm-hmm. back by Bear, and. How did you
1: feel about the Uh, change? Like my uncles, I'm a big loyalty guy. Like um, when we, people may not know this, we left Hoyt in uh, 06, but but wasn't we left Hoyt, Hoyt left us. And I think the same thing kind of happened here. We didn't want to change. PSE kind of did. And we were forced to do something different. And and part of that is we're a big team. There's a lot of us, 25 plus. There's three television shows, like from a manufacturing perspective. That's a big commitment to be associated with Jury Outdoors. And I think PSE wanted to go in a different direction and they kind of forced our hand. We know this. It's kind of like trying to save a marriage. Mark and Terry and Matt did everything they possibly could to try to save it. And at the end of it, they just, every, all parties involved kind of decided, okay, we're going to have to go our separate ways. And that's what happened. And there were uh, there were several suitors yeah. in the wings, right? Like getting Jury Outdoors to shoot your equipment. Uh, oh, from yeah. a marketing perspective is a big deal because there again there's a lot of us we're active on social media we've got DeerCast, and uh matthew's uh signed up quickly yes and we're happy about that
0: yeah and and yep. you know that that's a good that's a good company to be behind you know um yeah i was shocked yep. when i found out that that happened i went what and then i I had to sit down and think about it I was like, well, why did they switch? And then I and then I remembered something mm-hmm. that happened back around the ATA show. Mm-hmm. And I went, yep. "Oh. Well, that makes sense cuz there was there was a um I'm sure there was a large chunk of change that went one direction. And I'm sure that had to, had some stuff to do with why there wasn't things there, but we're not going to bring it's a, that up. Yeah, It's, even, it's it, even more it's complicated
1: than that. And not, not just not just from a money perspective, but like some of those new people that PSE associated with, it's kind of like they forgot who brought them to the dance, if you will. And, and, uh, but you know, that kind of hurt. Cause again, jury outdoors is a big deal. One of the, one of the be- beautiful things yeah. about it is says, a, we know big white tails and then B we're humble. Uh, but you know, the relationship just <clears throat> got strained a good bit and we, we went different ways. Yes. So it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Yep. It, it happens. happens. Yep.
0: It definitely, it definitely is what it is. Well, I know um, you had mentioned baseball a little while ago, and I'm going to dig into your brain here. You're a Cardinals fan, aren't you? Big time. Now, how long have you you been a St. Louis Cardinal?
1: Uh, I remember as a boy, I would have been four. I can remember the, I think it was the 81 World Series, mm. my mom and dad watching it. So since, I, since my earliest memories was watching the Cardinals wow. play in the World, excuse me, 83. So I was, I was six. Them played the Brewers in the 83 World Series. I remember the 85 World Series <clears throat> versus the Royals. I remember the 87 World Series uh, versus the Twins. And I've been a Cardinals fan ever since. The whole, whole family is Mark and Terry are big. My grandma and grandpa no, are big-time Cardinal fans.
0: Yeah, because I saw a couple episodes with um,
1: Matheny. What, the,
0: what was the yep. Matheny? Yep. With the coach. Yeah, with the coach. With the coach here a couple of times. I remember him he being had on the show a couple of times. He killed some big deer. Matheny and then <laughs> he his a coach, big John deer. Mabry.
1: I'm actually pretty good friends with John Mabry. And, and they can do what we can do with Whitetails at our level, which is not easy to do. But then they can also play baseball and coach baseball yeah. at that high level, which we cannot do. Like the, Mike Matheny and John Maybe are two of the most impressive people I've ever met. They do, and then
0: yeah, they, they put they've got good a passion together. for baseball.
1: And neither one of them have uh, been to or won a World Series. Excuse me, neither one of them have won a World Series. Matheny and Maves have both been there, but they never won. And and they want to do that. They're now with the Royals, and they want to do that in Kansas City. And they're also passionate yeah. outdoorsmen.
0: No, well, for your sake, I hope they do it. For my sake, I hope uh, I don't have to, that yeah. we don't have to face them in the playoffs. I'm a Braves fans. fan. I'm a Braves fan. So you know we we get yeah we get there and then we just flop. It just drives me nuts. You know, I told somebody I said, you know, I'm a Falcons fan. I'm a Braves fan, and <laughs> Yeah, and I was a Bulls fan up until Jordan left, and then I'm like, well, I don't have anybody. And, and then I was like, well, I've got Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta Braves. Why not the Hawks? So I've been following the Hawks for several years now. And, like, you know, we get to the playoffs, and then everything just goes Sorry down. about <laughs> – It's like,
1: oh, Lord and <laughs>
0: mercy. It's like watching – Sorry about the- my
1: Bill Belichick reference yeah. earlier then, because I remember that game. The Super Bowl with the Falcons. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry about I, that. that was
0: like salt in the – and and then the thing about and then the thing about that was like if you watch the national championship with Bama and Georgia, Georgia had the thing sewed up in the bag. And yep. then here come Bama. Yep. And then I was watching the Super Bowl and I was like, Man, the Falcons got this thing in the bag and then all of a sudden here come the Patriots and I'm like, It's like watching yep. the national championship all over again. Like, oh, Atlanta I will admit
1: cry. Atlanta fans got it they've got it so, tough. Like it's been a rough well, shoot since the early 90s it's been rough to be an Atlanta fan yeah uh, 90s
0: yes yep. it's been it's been awful yep we've won one world series been there a few times just uh you know we beat the Indians in the world series we lost to the Yankees Atlanta. we lost to the Twins the Twins we lost to Europe. the Minnesota Twins like how, you, beat,
1: who, you beat my buddy Jim Tony. how does Indians. that happen <laughs> Jim Tomey played for Cleveland
0: yeah, yeah, we did that. We Jim did Comey beat the Indians. That's the one he thing he too we did. has never won a World yeah.
1: Series. Yeah, we did. But that's been a Indians. minute ago. <laughs> yeah, that's that's
0: that was years ago, and you know I'm long past that now. Now we're looking at these you know new guys coming up, and and, and the St. Louis Farm Club. You know, not to get off track of, of outdoors here, but I like the it. podcast. We can talk what we want to talk about, but <clears throat> the Cardinals have did. a really good farm system coming up. They've got some great pitching. They've got some great bats. Uh, Atlanta, on on the other side, on my side, they've got a fantastic farm system coming up. And, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, If you guys could keep (laughs) your pitchers healthy, though, goodness gracious. no, Poor Alex Reyes can't catch a break. (laughs) That kid's lights out, but he can't catch a break. (laughs) So, it is what it is. Well, I know that you are very short for time today, and... Um, I'm going to hit you with it with what we call the lightning yep. round with just a bunch of questions. We just fire off and just you just answer them the best you can. And if you want to give an explanation okay. while you're doing it, go for it. All yes, right, sir. You ready? All right, fixed or mechanical, bro? Oh,
1: mechanical, hundred percent.
0: Okay. Your go-to drink coffee. to get you going in the morning, your coffee, energy tea. Coffee, straight black. What you drinking?
1: Cup every day. Coffee. Just one.
0: All right. Yep. Coffee straight black. Cup every day. I'm, <laughs> I can do about three a day. Um. All right. <laughs> What's your go-to snack in the tree stand?
1: Oh, I uh, I should say fruit, but I got a sweet tooth for nutty bars. I don't know why, but those chocolate-covered peanut. Butter nutty bars are my favorite thing. Deer
0: hunting, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, deer like do. the smell of them too. I found that <laughs> out once. Actually, they, they they really enjoy the smell. So, so you got that good smell. Good, yep. you know. I mean, that's a good that's a good thing to have up in the stand. All right, are you a uh, rubber boot or lace up boot? Rubber guy? boots.
1: Been wearing them since the '80s, I think. Lacrosse. The cross knee high rubber boot, okay. Alpha Burleys, are they're just so comfortable. They're like tennis shoes.
0: Yes, they are. I've got about three or four yeah. pair of them, and I absolutely love love them. They are so comfortable. Man, they're comfortable, yep. and they don't and and your feet don't get that cramped up feeling, yep. and they don't rub your heels, and it's fantastic.
1: Yep.
0: All right. Favorite favorite time to hunt. That's not the rut.
1: Well, funny you say that. I'm not a huge rut fan. I actually don't like hunting the rut. And here's why. My strategy is built around foods, food plot architecture. And I love, I just fell in love with it two years ago because I bought a farm in Missouri. The first, the first cool front in September coupled with a rising moon. That is my favorite time to hunt over radishes. If you can put the wind in your face with a Northwest wind, rising moon, high pressure after a front. Uh, or during the front, as long as the pressure's rising, that combination is ridiculously deadly. That's my favorite time. September, radishes, cool front, rising pressure, rising moon.
0: Well, that doesn't happen until like January or February here in Virginia. We get 80-degree weather up until like mid-November well, sometimes. Even into December, I've seen it yeah, in the 80s here. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, but it's like
1: all you need, because granted, we're not the south, but temperatures in September in Missouri can be 80s. And the one day where the high is 60 or 65 or even 70, it doesn't take a major front. It takes Uh a small cool front, 10, 8, 9 degrees, just some change to put them on their feet during daylight. They're going to get up and feed. It's just you want to get them up during daylight, and the way to do that is a small cool front. Not a cold front, just a small cool front.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I think that will wrap it up i've absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it it was a it was a short podcast but i think we got a lot of information right there in one thing the the um uh-huh. the app was fantastic the DeerCast app information was fantastic and if you ever want to get back on and do it again let's do but it again. i would love
1: to let's uh we can talk some more big deer because i appreciate you reaching out i appreciate the time but the one thing i i love is that drew outdoors is synonymous with big deer and education. And I call that infotainment. We're going to inform you and we're going to entertain you. And so we can get a little more deep into the woods on
0: big deer if you want to
1: uh, next time. But thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, I think, I think we should do that next time. Thank you. All right, Jared, you have a great day. MDE Nation, y'all shoot straight and get your kids outdoors.